Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, October 3rd, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about callbacks in Active Record, keys in IndexedDB, and shocking developments in wearable tech. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello? Hello. My Skype doesn't ring anymore. Really? I don't know why it just stopped making noise. Hmm. Bug or feature? I don't know. <laughs> I turned off all the notification sounds one day just because I was getting annoyed. <laughs> and now... I'm trying to concentrate on work. And yeah. turning them. I've turned them back on, but for some reason, calls do not ring in. Interesting. I had a, a conversation recently with uh, a friend who I'm in sort of a entrepreneur chat room with mm-hmm. who casually mentioned that um, he had shut off all notifications on his phone and computer. And I was intrigued by that notion because um, one of the reasons why I'm such a huge fan of watches is because I think it's a much smart watches is because I think it's a much better place to put notifications than in your pocket. Right. You can filter them a lot more easily. Right. Like mentally, mentally filter them. Yeah. You could just triage them much more quickly. You just glance down and, and right. most, cause the, the bottom line is most notifications don't matter. Yeah. So when you look at your watch, you're like, that doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about that. And so what's, but the difference I think is between his approach and my approach using the pebble is that I am not ignorant of the situation and he is ignorant of the situation. And I'm not saying one's better or not, but it, it, so I'm, I'm, but I haven't had a conversation with him about exactly how he deals with the social ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to finding that out because it would, that would actually potentially, if there's a way to navigate that, that, uh, social minefield of just not getting back to people, <laughs> then, <laughs> right. then it might obviate the advantages of wearing a smartwatch. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to say about that. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't, I love the idea of it just because I don't like clutter in my life and notifications are just kind of like auditory and mental clutter. Yeah. But I feel like working with it in a distributed work environment that it probably wouldn't work. Yeah, I just don't see how he makes that work. I would, I, I love the idea, but you just, I mean, if I shut off, if I go offline mm-hmm. for like three hours, just to code something, like to really, like I have to really focus on something uh, that you just can't be interrupted while you're doing it. And when I yeah. get back to it, I'll just be like, I'm so dependent on the notifications that that I don't even like look at my calendar to see if I have a meeting that day. Cause I know I'm going to be reminded that I have a meeting. Right. Right. So it's, it's like I have to change my whole, it would be a major shift behavior change to like be able to, it would be a real step backwards to the old way of doing things. Yeah. Uh, which isn't, isn't necessarily bad, but like I've done it from time to time, but I'll warn everybody first. Right. It's like out of office. Yeah. Uh, it's like I'm going to go code things now and ignore you people for a few hours. Right. And it's almost, I, you know what I've done? I've only done mm. this occasionally, but it works wonderfully and I should probably do it more often 
is I just pretend I'm going to a conference and like, <laughs> I just like, not, not like I'm lying, but I just pretend to myself right? and I just act like I'm going to a conference. Cause when I'm at a conference, I just tell people ahead of time, I'm going to be at a conference. I'm not going to be responding to stuff as fast as I normally do, but I'll do my best. Uh, so just, you know, and then I just like block out an entire day and, uh, get a ton of stuff done. I should probably, now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't know why I do it. Like I should do that like once a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, we are ignoring all notifications that don't come from each other during rails rumble. <laughs> mm. Well, see that that's the crux of the whole problem is that you can't yeah. go completely offline. Like you, you want some notifications. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yes. And we're both, we're both in, we're both in positions where we need to be reached if there's an emergency. Right. Quote unquote, quote unquote work emergency. Right. I mean, at least there's two of us. That's the bonus. Yeah. The bonus. Um, wow, we're already into a topic. We are. Didn't, Accidental topic. Does your does your Samsung Galaxy billboard have notifications on it? <laughs> it does. It does, actually. And the, the Samsung Android has a, uh, they call it blocking mode feature that allows you to, like, gives you more granular control over which notifications you want to block. Does it really? It does, but I haven't had time to look into it yet, really, in much detail um, beyond what I've just told you. So huh. that sounds... maybe I can update on that next week. Yeah, the notifications, the notif- notifications thing is like that's a it's a definitely a double edged sword. Yeah, it allows you to be reactive and productive, but only for very small tasks, I suppose. Yeah, and then you get a tipping point where you've got too many of them coming in, and it just gets distracting. Yeah, and then you just have to go up a level. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear more about this billboard. Yes, I bought a Samsung Galaxy Billboard Pro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Tab Pro, the 12.2 inch tablet. It's it's enormous. <laughs> I think I once lived in a house that had a bathroom with smaller square footage than this tablet. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But uh, you know, I love it. <laughs> wow. I mean, other than, I mean, you have to turn it sideways to go through the door. But other than yeah. that, <laughs> other than that. So I'm curious, what is it? Uh, it, is it aspect ratio 12 by 9 or 4 by 3 or some other hybrid? Uh, it looks like it is. Is it like Nexus 70 or is it more yeah, iPad-y? No, it's, no, it's like, looks like it's probably 12 by 9. I don't think it's 16 by 9, but it's not 4 by 3 either. Okay. So it's a little more elongated. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even looked at the specs as far as stuff like that. Yeah, and it's um, it's uh, just Wi-Fi, I assume. Yes. And you and what is your so now I saw you tweet about it and you said that this you finally found your laptop replacement. Yes. And in what way is this a laptop replacement for you? It's a laptop replacement for me in that uh, first of all, I don't use a laptop a ton. it's 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 rare to need a laptop, so my laptop usage is pretty light. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is odd is for a, a developer, but because it is, it is, but because of my eyesight, right? Yada yada. Yeah. Um, and so this this has a, I mean, it's big enough. The thing's got a full size keyboard. The virtual keyboard is a, a full size keyboard. Wow. That you can with haptic feedback, and you can touch type on it and all that. It, and it takes getting used to. Wow. But. <laughs> But it's good enough that if I need to spend a few minutes writing code or a few minutes 
logged into a server checking something or just typing a response to an email or something in a on a on a website mm-hmm. that I can I can do it well enough that I don't feel like I'm being hindered like my experience is like super hindered. Wow. So. And so you're And it's big enough for me to see easily. Right, that's the that's the trick for sure. And so I was very happy to hear. It actually I would never have considered buying one until I heard you say that it takes Nova Launcher or yes, you can use Nova Launcher on it. Yes, that it, was the first thing I did was put Nova Launcher on it. That's awesome cuz I have the um I have a Samsung Galaxy Tab like a seven inch one i don't know what it's Mm -hmm. called it's a galaxy tab right yeah yeah so i've got like a seven inch one and i really i just don't care for the interface and it sounds kind of dumb but it's just always there the interface is always there staring at you and the home screen is not customizable and yeah if you turn off if you turn i turned off multi-window mode and installed the nova launcher and turning off multi-window mode gets rid of that annoying swipe in from the right sidebar thing hmm and um, and then with Nova Launcher, it looks and behaves just like any other Android tablet that I have. So nice, yeah. I just fired up a. Uh, Erica has been complaining more and more about her iPhone, mm-hmm. and she's not interested in the iPhone six. So can't blame her. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this week. I actually was at at the Artifact conference. I had my first chance to actually use one, and. That is hands down the slipperiest phone I've ever touched. Mm. It is so thin. I mean, it's it's a feat of engineering. It's so Your iPhone thin. So thin. <laughs> it is. You could bend it almost. Yeah, you can. No, I know, but it's like it's it's nice. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. It's funny because I have, I've complained in the past, especially about the iPhone five design being very eyeball friendly in terms of just like visual, like how it looks visually is very appealing to the eye. Right. But it's horrible in your hand. It's like very sharp edged and and not. It's the polar opposite of the river rock concept that Palm had. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, oh man, the iPhone five is just horrible in your hand. But it's a beautiful object to behold. And this new one is the exact opposite. Yeah, it is ugly. Or, or I shouldn't say ugly, but it's just totally unremarkable. <laughs> yeah, it's so generic. It looks exactly like Samsung would have done. Mm. Um. And and so okay, so fine. So I can't really knock them because I've ragged on them for the reverse. So like, okay, great. It's very it's very finger friendly. It feels good in your hand, except that it's like insanely slippery. <laughs> I mean, insanely slippery. Yeah. So I, it's but you got to put a case on it. So yeah, ha- I don't and I don't know what the case options are. Like Apple actually does a pretty good job with their cases, but I you know yeah. to me that means that the phone is poorly designed because it has to have a case. Why not just design it so it doesn't need one? But maybe that's just right. me. Uh, yeah, I okay, have a, so. I have a case on my Moto X, but that's it's it's not out of necessity. It's because I like to feel the case. Right. Yeah. Also, speaking of Moto X and that's in the iPhone six, I um, Erica's not digging uh, her current iPhone five. The battery is just toast, mm-hmm. and um, and actually, it's sound, sounding like right now the iPhone six battery is not sound hit, you know doing so well, or phones with iOS eight are not doing so well. Uh, my iPod with iOS 8 gets about 11 hours if I don't do anything to it with it. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. Yeah, that's harsh. That's pathetic. Um, so I fired up, so I pulled out my Moto X, the old, the first version Moto X, mm-hmm. which is the same size. It's slightly bigger than, it's, it's like sort of a squatter version of the iPhone 5. It's a little wider right. and a little shorter. 
Right. And, um, and I was like, you know, she's not going to dig this with just, you know, I reset it to factory stock and she, I'm like, she's not going to dig this if I just, you know, so I put Nova launcher on it and I put a really nice icon pack on it. And I'm like, the thing looks sweet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but she still didn't like, it, it was still too big. Like uh. she's like, I have to use this with two hands. It's just a little bit too big. So I don't know what she's going to do actually. Like you can't get a phone get a small that's four phone inch anymore. screen anymore. Unless you get like that tiny Firefox phone. Yeah. I mean, she could have that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not going to like um, that either. Yeah. You know, you know what I don't like about Android? Um, hmm. I, I prefer it hands down to, to iOS, but the, the one tiny thing that bugs me, and I guess the way Android does it is more secure, but it still irks me a little. Hmm. Uh, if I go to an iOS device and I turn it on and it comes up with the keypad to enter my PIN, mm-hmm. I enter my four-digit PIN and then it goes right to the home screen. Right. On Android, I enter my four-digit PIN and then I hit OK and then it goes to the home screen. Um, that's surprising. because It's an I- extra button I have to push. Uh, I use a swipe unlock and it doesn't have that annoyance. Nah, I use the, I use the pin. But if you, if you use a, um, a, a pattern, not swipe unlock, but a pattern unlock. Pattern. Yeah. Pattern goes straight to the home screen. Yeah. So that might be, uh, that might be less annoying. Cause like when your unlock is annoying, that's really bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the, um, the galaxy, the galaxy billboard does not have, um, <laughs> Does not have trusted device, but I assume that's coming in the next version of Android. Yeah, that's an L. So right. Trusted device is an L. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I I don't have I don't have Google now on it either, or not not the um the Google Voice search, mm, the OK Google stuff I don't have on it. Doot doot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what was so I, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I did not understand that chat that you sent me. Yeah, that was a really rambly train of like stream of thought chat <laughs> so i i had i was Googled. yes yeah i had i had a google search open scrolling through the page of google search results on what on my imac really okay yes and in another tab i had a uh i had hulu open and had a, a video playing there and had just been kind of listening to it mm-hmm. and this ad came on hulu because it's Hulu. They have to show an ad every three minutes. <laughs> In the middle of a joke. Yeah. It's like, which ad experience do you prefer? Uh, how about the one where I pay you money and you don't show me ads? <laughs> I know. But you, anyway, I, I digress. I stopped listening when you said Hulu. <laughs> yeah, I, I digress. <laughs> anyway, so this ad came on and it was, I, I, I'm not sure if it was a Google Now ad or if it was a Moto X ad or what. Mm-hmm. But the guy in the ad said, okay, Google, how big is the Grand Canyon? Right. And my page of search results that I was reading <laughs> suddenly turned into the Grand Canyon is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, so I guess following yes. up on previous episodes, you figured out how to activate that in I did. the browser. <laughs> I did. Yes. And it works very well. It sure does. Well, apparently you're not on a Google search page on your iMac right now. Otherwise no, I'm not. Otherwise it popped not. <laughs> up. Well, that is, um, that is, I won't go into a big thing about it, but um, I, I 
I got an email from one, you know, when you, you know, when you like hear about this, like sexy startup on like Twitter or like TechCrunch, mm-hmm. and then you like go and you're like, well, I'll give my email address and just like keep me posted to see what this turns into. Right. And so I finally, I got one of the, this sort of breathless email from one called clarify.io that finally came out of private beta and has, uh, I guess it's a public beta or they, they basically went live. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and the, the the on paper, and I'm not saying it doesn't do this, but I haven't tried it. But on paper, it sounds amazing, and maybe it is amazing. Um, wh- what it does is, uh, it indexes audio. Mm. So you 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 know, like the like take the podcast for example. Yeah. Um, we've you know we were just talking last week about getting more episodes transcribed, not, you know, one of the main reasons being that it makes it easier for us personally to search when we remember that we talked about something, but we can't remember what episode it is. There's literally no way to find it unless you have a transcript. Uh, And so what this does is you feed audio into it and it recognizes the words and indexes indexes it and timestamps them so that you can search audio the way you could search a book and jump right into a uh, a spot where a particular topic is discussed. That's pretty cool. Which is super game-changing when you think about... Um, I mean, this dude was totally over the top. It, it, the reason I bring it up is is not to actually talk about it, but because the, the dude is like super breathless, and, he, and I think he is... I don't know if he coined this term, but I have a feeling he did. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Gutenberg pause is ending, he says, (laughs) which is that, um, uh, and I don't mean to goof on this guy, but I think he's just a little bit too wrapped up in his thing. Uh, It sounds Mm -hmm. like the product is amazing. If it works, it will be amazing, but he's just a little over the top in the email um, saying like the Gutenberg pause is 600 year time period when the bulk of of human thought uh, was stored in printed form is coming to an end and <laughs> and there will only be you know speech is the natural form of communication and all uh, all all human knowledge will go back to being stored in speech but now it'll be searchable you know and <laughs> and it's like I'm like well I don't know I mean I mm-hmm. see what you're saying, but, and maybe he only means replaced in the way that TV replaced radio and that radio right. is still totally around. Right. But there are a lot of, and, and what I'm getting at is there are a lot of advantages that text has over audio besides just the fact that it's searchable. Yeah. You know, like for example, um, it doesn't require a quiet environment to read something. Like you can read something in a, a cafeteria. <laughs> All you, I started to say all you need is light, but you don't even really need light now. No, I, I mean, there are lots of, anyway, so, so it was, it just reminded me of that, but clarify IO sounds pretty interesting. It sounds actually right up Indexed audio would have pretty awesome implications for the visually impaired. Oh, I mean, it's, it's huge. I'm not trying to minimize, I'm not trying to minimize the technology, but the email was ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it'd be a good way to search YouTube, wouldn't it? It'd be a good way to search anything. Like, yeah. think about think about how much content you could unlock if you could just go around and do nothing else but index podcasts. Yeah, I mean that would be mind blowing. 
Yeah, it would be. It'd be Imagine, huge. yeah. I mean, th- like that is a bunch. That's the one thing that I that drives me nuts about audio. Oh, the other thing, the other thing about uh, printed word versus audio is it's easy with a word processor to go back in and just like change some text in mm-hmm. the middle of a of a gigantic book. But you know, try and do that to audio. I try and oh, do it every yeah. week. It's not very easy. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I um. And video is almost video. impossible. I know. That's that's one of the reasons I haven't done a niche bit in like the past week. What? I know. I have. Well, there's been that whole family illness weirdness stuff going yeah, on. But still, and that's bits like Work's been busy and it's been distracting. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I mean, I, I could have taken them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there will be one either tomorrow or Saturday. We want our money back. I know. It's going to be a short one, but it'll be a good one. Ooh, it that's is the, best. the the easiest easiest possible way in the world to get up and running get your rails environment environment up and running oh i'll yeah. be the first one in the line to watch that i have a feeling i know what it is but oh yeah you you've already done it all right good <laughs> i'll i still i could use the video next time i try and do it um since i'm teaching an impromptu rails course on monday nights now <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah you're so rich gave up on php and now he's he did he did yeah now he's a rails guy great Great. Now I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't know Rails. <laughs> but at least I'll be in the Rumble. You will be. It would be so great if we won it just because I can say, I'd be able to say, like, don't even know Rails. <laughs> well, hey, the, <laughs> first year, the first year I did it, I did it. I didn't know Rails and we came in third. So. <laughs> oh, man. I was the front-end person that year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the token front-end person this time, which is interesting. Um, wow. So while we're waffling around, um, there's something I want to mention just, uh, because I feel like a duty to the dear listener (laughs) to let them know about all things Pebble. Duty. Yes. I said duty. (laughs) All things Pebble. Yes. So, uh, I noticed the other day that, um, Pebble lowered their prices. Oh, did they? Uh, Yes. Not a sale. They permanently lowered their prices uh, to, I believe I'm correct in saying that it's $99 for the plastic one and $199 for the steel. That's quite a significant price drop. Yeah, it's like a 20%, 30% price drop, depending on which one you're you're talking yeah. about. So, um, I mean, now is the time. You, you really, developers, owe it to yourselves to go out and buy one of these things, even if it's just for development. Yeah, um, I mean, 99 bucks, you can get one for each wrist. Yeah, for real. Maybe three. It's like total Swatch era, <laughs> 80s, like a virgin baby. Um, so I so I read about this on uh, TechCrunch, actually. I saw a TechCrunch headline, so I clicked on it, and I went through to the, um, I clicked through the Pebble site, mm-hmm. and I did not stop laughing for like five minutes solid. Because, <laughs> okay. so first of all, they did a really, really cool, redesign of the homepage so it's kind of like 8-bit graphics it's very minecrafty oh, cool. or kind of like um uh what was that game when you would there was you were like a little indiana jones type character and you'd swing on vines it was like a platformer pitfall pitfall yeah it looks like pitfall and um uh and and they just the whole page all they do is goof on apple johnny <laughs> ive in particular it is a riot (laughs) it is a riot the headline on the entire page is breathe johnny 
<laughs> it's just a watch. <laughs> and then there's like a million hilarious things. They just like needle Apple all the way down. But <laughs> it's not just it's not just like Samsung kind of like Samsung just goofing on them. It's like they're mm -hmm. goofing on them, but at every single joke that they make or every single jab they push, they actually kind of like bullet point out an advantage of why the Pebble's the way the Pebble is and why they would never want to be this Apple Watch thing. Right. And at, at the very end, it's like, to recap, we made a watch. We didn't solve global warming. <laughs> it is so funny. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, there's one about, um, there's one about we don't, why measure battery life in days? Because we can. Yeah. Um, Pebble is custom. This is my favorite one. Pebble is customizable inside and out. We don't fuss about it or question your taste. <laughs> That's <laughs> Apple in a nutshell. It's uh, it's great. It's great. It's a hilarious redesign. Even the button design just blows my mind. Your cat is watch face, or why not? <laughs> right. It's up to you. It's up to you. <sighs> Overpriced trophy watch. Yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. So go to getpebble.com and just just like breathe it in. It's just yeah, so funny. There's a little watch face that's like, chill, dude. <laughs> it's just a watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny. If you haven't watched the 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 Johnny Ive narrated Apple Watch video, it's just uh, it's unbearable. It's like it's, it's like a character. They've become characters of themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's like Johnny Ive doing Johnny Ive. Yeah, it's like Johnny Ive doing me doing Johnny Ive. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So um. So yeah. Takeaway: Buy a Pebble. It's ninety nine bucks. Build an app for it. Like bask in the glory of how awesome it is. Yeah, I built my first Pebble app in like fifteen minutes. It's nuts. <laughs> it is. You know the other thing he yeah, says. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. They they've recently released a new version of their SDK as well. Yeah, two point six, and so so never mind the price drop. Um, the other thing is that it now does background processing. So what that means is that it will um, you can use it as like a sleep tracker and and um, activity tracker. Even when it's not connected cool. to the phone, it'll store that data and then can connect to the phone. So. Companies like Misfit and Jawbone can mm -hmm. just release software that, you know, they've got their hardware, of course, but they could also release software that works with Pebble, which I believe they have. It looks like they have screenshots right. of that. And that means that Pebble can become your, your fitness up tracker and yeah, your, your up Fitbit and all of, you know, so you've got like, they're just slowly rolling out these features that without changing the hardware they're they're backwards compatible they work with all the existing ones and it's just they their strategy is it i'm not it's hard for me to say whether i think it's genius or if they if i'm just like the 100 percent in the middle of their target market and they're just like bullseye <laughs> on my face but i but I am definitely the person I am like the exact demographic that they're developing this for because they couldn't be doing it more perfectly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So with the background processing, does that mean I can do my GitHub app? Remind me what that is. I want to get notifications on my watch whenever there's a commit. You could do that already. You could have done that before. 
Yeah, but I'd have to send them through a text message or something. No, you could do. You could make a. I mean, you'd have to make a native app for iOS yeah. or Android. Right, right. I'm in a right. I don't know what the background. I was price. trying to find a way to do it. I was trying to. I was trying to do it with a watch face, but I can't. But you can't do that. Um, I would have to look. I haven't looked into the SDK yet. I'm guessing that the background SDK is for the local sensors to just yeah, do stuff locally, so. to make it a little bit independent from the from the phone. Yeah, that's my I do guess. want to. I do want to do a watch face that um that I can use to like when I pull it up, it'll just tell me how many new commits are there. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Speaking about things that you wear on your wrist, <laughs> your Mayo. My Mayo came, mm-hmm. and we talked about this last week in the bug report because uh, the conductive paint was screwing up the uh, EKG readings. Right, and I'm the only one who's apparently played with conductive paint as a child. Apparently, yes. I'm, you know, I mean, no offense, but I'm sure everybody at Mayo is about 21. So, uh, but the uh, at least they look that way in the videos. Um, but this, I have it's been killing me because I I got it on like Monday arrived at the house Mm -hmm. and I have I have not even had it I got it out of the box but I haven't even had a chance to charge it yet because things have been so crazy with the conference and everything yeah um that uh I just I've tried it on it's comfortable um it's uh, if you if it's you know if you have long sleeves on it's not noticeable at all um it's it's pretty good actually so in t- just in terms of piece of hardware mm-hmm. charges with a uh, micro usb just like a normal android phone or something like that uh, i'm not sure how long the battery lasts yet i'm not sure all the things it's capable of but you know, hopefully by next week i'll have time to play with it yeah because you think it's going to be you know if you're wearing it on your arm it's going to be receiving input constantly even if it's not doing anything with it right yeah i mean it needs to be listening right so yeah um, but it is picking up electrical signals. Maybe it charges. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. Speaking of things you wear on your wrist that have electricity, <laughs> have you heard of Pavlock? Uh, just what you posted about it on Facebook. Yeah, I've been meaning to mention this for a while, but uh, now it's released, so I have to bring it up, which is it's a fitness tracker. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you can wear, it's sort of like the, um, sort of like a misfit where it's, it's a little module, a little rectangular plastic module with, uh, some con- metal contacts on the back that you mm-hmm. can, um, put in a variety of different holders, but it's mostly, I think, meant to be worn on the wrist. Uh, so it has this plastic. There are more creative places you could put this. Yeah. I mean, it has it. Yeah. You could say that again, depending on what you're into. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it is a fitness tracker with teeth, as they say, which means that if you don't keep up with the goals you set for yourself, it electrocutes you. <laughs> if you, it's like the collar we have on the dog. It's exactly like that. And I, I I am laughing, and I think it's funny, and it definitely crosses some kind of line with me. But at the same time, yeah. I'm fairly certain that it's effective. Uh, when, now, I'll, yeah. I'll go one step farther and say that it's not as bad as I thought it was when I first heard about the product because I think an early version of it mm-hmm. prevented you from taking it off. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, if you took it off, you broke it. So, the only way to take it off was to break it. So, you either broke it or you left it on. And it was, uh, but apparently, they rolled that feature back. <laughs> they were, 
Yeah, that that gets a little too. Right. That definitely crosses a line. That gets a little too dark. Yeah. That's a little too like home confinement, running man or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled. Pavlock is on the market and available. I don't know if pricing has been announced yet, but if you, dear listener, want to electrocute yourself into jogging, <laughs> you can do it now. DIY electroshock therapy. Yeah, man. One flew over the uh, cuckoo's nest, right? Yeah. Well, they picked a great name. I'll tell you that. I think that's did, why. Yeah. I mean, that I think that's where lock and the name is from. I thought I I think the original version it was locked on you. Yeah. Pavlov locked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Pavlov's dog just had a bell, right? What? No, Pavlov's dog. Wasn't it just a bell? Um, I always get it confused with Schrodinger's cat. Well, the cat was in the box. Or was it? No, that's Skinner. That's Skinner's baby, isn't it? No, that's the cat. Is there a... the, The cat's in the box with the radioactive material. And the question is whether or not the cat is dead or alive. Both. And until you open the box, the cat is both. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was, I think you're thinking of Skinner. Nope. Radioactive baby. Nope. That's, that's Schrodinger's cat. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I'm starting to notice that the letter G is the most vague letter in the English language because I wasn't sure if it was Schrodinger or Schrodinger. <laughs> <laughs> Jif. <laughs> Schrodinger. <laughs> nice. Is it animated or isn't it? Uh, Until you open it, you don't know. <laughs> so apparently Mobile Safari in iOS 8 supports animated PNG files. Really? Yes. Side note. But it doesn't support HTML5 audio. <laughs> and it has a major bug in index DB, which is why, select dear boxes listener, don't work right. We are going to have a little <laughs> delay in the index db feature but we'll talk about that later yeah yeah we were gonna do that this week but uh let's see we're 30 minutes in you want to talk about housekeeping <laughs> sure <laughs> we're, we're half hour in but i feel like it's been good stuff that was technical waffling yeah yeah all right cyber waffle yeah <laughs> delicious um okay so some typical housekeeping um Artifact update. Well, let's see. So this week was the Artifact Conference in Providence. Mm-hmm. Um, there were tons, I mean just tons of uh, great talks, except for mine, that were... Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I can't even say that because it wasn't just me. It was me and, and Josh Clark and Brad Frost. But um, there were just really, there were tons of great talks. Then a couple of them have affected me in a way that's going to actually change some stuff I do. So um, Mm. one is that uh, type, if you think about it, is an interface element that it's kind of easy to not pay attention to it, but it's it's the one that's common across all screen sizes. So if you are, or the most common, it might not, you know, if you have an audio only interface, okay, there's no type. But if you have a screen, it has type on it. Like I don't, I can't even and, think of an example of a, an interface game or otherwise that has a screen with no type on it. Um, I'm sure they exist, but it, there's, it's they're not many. Yeah. So when when if you if you are um, 
so when a lot of times developers are like people, you know, kids are coming out of college or like whatever people are having a career change and they want to be a developer and they ask me, uh, what, what should I learn? I always say JavaScript because it's everywhere. Like, right. and so it gives them the, as a career choice, it gives them the most flexibility. They're going to have the most job opportunities. It's probably going to be around the longest because it's going to be running on something. And, um, and somebody sort of put me on the spot and was like, okay, but what if I'm a designer? What do I learn? And I sort of, the first thing that occurred to me was typography, like learn how to make beautiful type, mm-hmm. you know, line height, kerning, you know, choice of font, font face, all that stuff. Like how, how to enhance the message with the medium. And, uh, and this really, in this talk really hammered it home for me where I was like, yeah, it's, it's really true. Like if you, if you know how to do type, you can do anything yeah. in design. Yeah. It's a type super transferable skill. Um, one thing that he, one thing that he pointed out though, is that on the web, there are additional concerns that you need to be good at if you're going yeah. to call yourself professional, which primarily revolve around, um, network latency and performance and size and, and you know, performance type things, which you don't have to worry about in print. But, um, but by and large, the skill of being able to like, uh, just be good at type is just like, it's hugely transferable and it's going to, it's going to, from everything from a watch to a billboard, it's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Type is, type is huge. You can do, you can do a lot with just type. Right. Like it's amazing. I, a, a couple of months ago, well, it was probably a year ago now, I switched to curly apostrophes instead of straight apostrophes on my website. Mm-hmm. Can't go back. When I see a straight <laughs> apostrophe now, the I hash know marks. it just kills me. Yeah. I'm like, it's so busted. It's so busted. And this is coming from me who doesn't, you know, who doesn't generally give a crap about how things look. Right. Is it, can I read it? Is the contrast good? Yeah. But that's another thing that came up at the conference, which is that the the designer developer thing is a false dichotomy. And it really, I don't know why, but this time around it really hit home with me mm-hmm. where the, the, because it, I think it came up right around the same time that people were like, um, there was a conversation about um, real designers code. And I know this is like a religious war uh, for, <laughs> yes. for certain people. Um, and, and if I could, I, and I agree with it, but I think that there's a subtlety that a lot of people don't talk about. And I'll make a music analogy, which is that, um, you cannot arrange for like a jazz band. If you don't have a decent, not, you don't have to be a great clarinet player, mm-hmm. but you need to have an understanding of the clarinet. If you're going to write music and arrange music for. Right. And it's, it's tonal, tonal range. And, and blah, yeah, blah, blah. like there's certain notes you just can't play reasonably on a clarinet. Like, right. Or, or guitar, it doesn't matter. You need to have a really, fu- you have to have a working knowledge of all the instruments that you're arranging for, or you're just going to be writing crap. Mm-hmm. So, it, and it, to me, it's the same thing. Like, you don't need to be like an amazing coder. Yeah. But you need to have a sense, or it would, it'll save everybody a lot of time and effort and make you better at your job if you have like a concept of what's feasible. Like, if it's one thing if you're just in Photoshop and you're doing all this slick stuff and it's amazing, and then you go to translate it into the web. If you have n- absolutely no clue about which things you're doing in Photoshop might be hard to implement and which ones might have performance implications, you're, you're, 
you're not great. Yeah. And it kind of goes the other way a little bit too. And that's the, that's the thing. So like, I agree a hundred percent with what I just said. Like I, I think that designers are better designers when they have a, f a fundamental working knowledge of HTML, CSS, and maybe even JavaScript. Right. But I've never turned that around at myself and pointed the finger at me and said, I would be a better developer if I had better design skills. I just pulled the, oh, I'm not a designer, I'm a developer. It can look like crap if I wanted to. <laughs> See, I do both. Right. I've so you, always done, I've always done both. Yeah, you're the unicorn. <laughs> so, and now now I, I have a bee in my bonnet to be less... I, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to like use that as an excuse anymore. Oh, I'm just a developer. It doesn't have to look good. I, 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 the only reason I have CSS on my site is so people don't think it's broken and email <laughs> me a thousand times a day that your site's you have, broken. You have said that sentence before. Yeah, I know. I know. The only, and it's true. The only reason I've had CSS on my site up until now is because if I didn't, people would be emailing me to say something's wrong with your site. <laughs> and it's easier to just put CSS. I spent one hour on the CSS on my site. Right. So, you know what I mean? So now I'm like, I, that's, and that's uh, a cop out. Yeah. Do we have a, a redesign of JonathanStark.com coming in the future? Uh, I am at least going to start with the type and <laughs> finally do something with the type. But um, yeah, and I'm going to strap an electrode to my wrist and the dear there listener can electrocute me for every week that I don't actually do something about it. Yeah, you know, if you could put that electrode on your wrist and lock it on there and then put a button somewhere on the internet. Yeah, Zapier. Yeah. Link Zapier <laughs> to my Pavlock. Get it? Yes. That is Zapier. Yeah. <sighs> Does Pavlock have an API? <laughs> yeah, moving on. Yeah, the mind reels. Um, so that was, I actually have, yeah, there's a few more things about Artifact, but we probably <laughs> yeah. went on long enough about that. Let's talk about bugs. Yeah, let's talk about bugs. <laughs> I have no idea what this bug is, so I'm, I love hearing about bugs. So. Yeah, I, I didn't either for about two weeks. <laughs> Drove everyone crazy. <laughs> so tell us what the symptom was, because I don't even know which thing in the list of to-dos this okay. relates to. Yeah. So describe the whole, give us, give us the whole backstory. In, in a nutshell, our sticky albums were sticking. <laughs> yeah. These albums Which are you'd think would sticky. be the expected behavior. But <laughs> in sticky albums, when you edit a brand, uh, after, you've, after you've saved the changes and published the changes to that brand, it goes through and it republishes all of the associated published albums that belong to that brand. Yes. It's a right? parent, parent of albums. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some of those, like they were, they were going and they were processing through. Well, so that procedure is queued. Yes. So that procedure is queued. Mm -hmm. It's queued as a button. That, oh, so so many so many double meetings there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Anyway, sorry. Please continue. It was going through the job queue, but once it was done, the status of those associated albums was not changing back from republished to published. So, okay. So a couple questions, this might mm -hmm. be a little bit inside baseball, but okay. was the plan, wasn't the plan when they when in this situation to set the status of all the albums to pending or something like that, or, or republishing or something? Yeah, that's okay. what we're doing. Okay. And so, so in it, in it, 
actually did republish all of them, but just never changed the status? Or did some of them never actually get republished? I think some of them never actually got republished. I see. So it just sort of failed somewhere and then figured it would fix itself. Yeah, but it wasn't like jobs were getting lost in the queue. Hmm. It was that jobs were never making it into the queue to start with. Um, because it, when it happened for someone, it would happen like for all of their albums. Oh, okay. That's actually kind of good. Yeah. Okay. So it turned out that the bug, and we've talked about this before. We've talked about active record callbacks before, haven't we? I don't know if we've done it on the show, but we have talked about it. I don't know if we have. Yeah, we have, we have talked about it for sure. And like, I remember yes. you moving things into the controller because the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Active, active record callbacks are uh, callbacks that you can put in the model that say, like, before you create a record, do this. Or before you run validation, do this. Or after mm-hmm. you run validation, do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Before, before you save, do this. But they also have callbacks that can, where you can be, okay, after you've updated the record, do this method. Sure, like a full set of right. of like before unload. You right. know, and like at any point I don't know if well, in the browser it's like you can a lot of them you can prevent the default behavior or return false and it'll just stop in that Yeah, it's just it's the same kind of thing. The life cycle of the event. Okay. Right. And so I couldn't reproduce this problem locally. Hmm. And it turns out the reason for this is uh, I had the republishing I had the republishing was uh, I was calling that using a, an after save callback, mm-hmm. so it would save the record. It would look at it and the go, brand. oh, or save the brand and yeah. go, oh, this has a um, we're republishing this brand. Uh-huh. We now need to republish all the associated albums. Mm-hmm. But the problem was um, we were running into an issue of like network latency between our rails app and the database server so we had like a race condition going on and so like the callback was trying to fire before the database transaction had actually completed wait a minute all right so this is this is where i'm totally not a rails guy Mm -hmm. but that would mean that the save is asynchronous like how can there be a race condition in a function called after save yeah, it I don't know. It has to it's, be synchronous, or it should be. It should be, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's all it's it's all very weird. And I I found another article um, talking about the same sort of thing, and it explains why I couldn't reproduce it locally because my yeah, my database and my see. app are on the same server. Right. So so basically, what happens? So there's something in the after save that checks the database. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So the the active. <laughs> The active record callbacks are great if you're doing them to perform actions on your data before you send it to the database. After but, save, but don't use, <laughs> but don't use it, <laughs> but don't use it after save. Yeah, like I, I took all of that, like I moved that to the controller, and I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm calling it from the controller, and that solved the problem. Oh uh, my god! I mean, basically, what you just said to me is to never use after save. Well, that's pretty much where I'm where I'm at right now. Yeah. Wow. After save, like, after create, after save sent. Yeah. Like, like what? I, I, yeah, like I what's the point of that? Like, yeah, I, I'm I, almost I don't get reluctant it. to believe that, but because it seems like super. 
What okay, here what are they normally used for? Like what's a classic what's the what's the to do list example of hello world of after save? Is there one or like I don't know. You know, I've been using it uh well for instance, like we have this we have this thing now we're tracking the history of some stuff that happens in the database. Right. So you could be like, okay, after the photographer record is saved, log the changes in this other database. Other right, table. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So any variables that are still live in the scope are trustworthy, presumably. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But, wow. But don't talk yeah. to a persistence layer. Because <laughs> who knows yeah, so what's the- going on over there. <laughs> So now I'm limiting limiting the active record callbacks in the model to things that happened before the data goes to the database. Wow. Yeah, and it I mean really it seems just like buggy rails behavior. Yes. It shouldn't be that way, but have and, you have you logged a bug or found a bug or uh, not gotten to that point? I, I yet? have not, and yeah. I I don't even know if I care enough to yeah. <laughs> but you know, and it's something that may never come up if your app and your server or your app and your database are on the same server, it may never be an issue. But, you know. Yeah, because the database always wins the race. does that happen? So. Wow. That's lame. (laughs) It is. It is. I agree. That's that's like, it's rare that I find things in Rails that make me go, "Mm, that's really bad. Yeah. But this was one of those things. I wonder if. There's got to be more story to it than that. I mean, Rails has been around long enough that this must have bitten hundreds of, maybe thousands of people. There's got to be. I mean, there are huge deployments on Rails. I'd be. Lo- I would love to find out. Like maybe next week, if there, if we have yeah, more information, I'd be really excited to update the dear listener. Yeah, I can. This. I can at least find that. Pull up that blog post for you. Yeah, that would be good. It expl- probably explains it uh, better than I can. But it's yeah. The um, with the remote database and the after save. It just, it wasn't working. Hmm. Maybe you should try a different brand of aftersave. <laughs> it's that Gillette ad where the guy was riding the horse. Old Spice. Anyway. So that was the bug. Th- that was, that's a good bug. That's a, that's a good, bad bug. It is. It is. We've had some bugs that were definitely never, ever going to bite anybody ever. Because they were us. mostly just me being stupid, but... <laughs> This that's a real, that's a real bug. Yeah, and this is the first time I've encountered it. I mean, I've uh, I've used AfterSave before, <laughs> <laughs> quite frequently. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, when I'm when I'm like getting ready to go out, sometimes a special night, yeah. I'll, use, I'll use a little bit of After AfterSave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it stings the pits a little. It does. Sometimes I'm I'm told. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I have used it before even with even with databases on other servers and I have I have not encountered this issue. Huh. So it must have something to do with you know, maybe there's something about Queuing, maybe the size of the query, or the queuing, or the size of the database connection pool, or the number of connections, or right. who knows? There, there's probably some sort of weird specific thing that's causing it to happen. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, it's a thing that can happen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Huh. 
Well, good to know. Very interesting. So use after save at your own <laughs> risk. Sometimes it stings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> We've had a lot of good puns this episode. The nighttime shows are much punnier. They are. They are. Yeah. It's late, folks. Um, so we should move on to the feature. Okay. Now that we're <laughs> an hour in. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a short feature because yeah. I'm going to pull a rug out from under everyone. Um, the last week. Yeah, your feature is about what you're not featuring. <laughs> right. Last week we promised that this week we would talk about new features of um, sort of new HTML5 features of iOS 8. And a huge one is that they finally added support for IndexedDB in mobile Safari. And this is a big deal because it is now officially the, um, it, it, I think as I said last week, it, now it's my official recommendation for, for client-side storage in the browser because mm -hmm. it has the best support of anything. Um, uh, up until now, Web SQL DB had the best support of anything cross-browser, uh, but uh, it was not supported in IE or Firefox because they were going, you know, they were, they had hitched their cart to IndexedDB instead. And now everybody who's ever going to support IndexedDB now does it. The only browser, the, the only browser with any market share whatsoever uh, that doesn't support it is Opera Mini, which basically doesn't support JavaScript at all. So it's never going, you know, it's, right. it's everywhere it's ever going to be. So I was really excited about that because it, it represented a big shift in my recommendation. I was going to change like my, my off building offline apps course and like, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I, I, uh, well, what I did was I underestimated how much <laughs> like time it was going to take to get my head around it to the point where I could talk about it in an educated way. Mm -hmm. Uh, because not only is it different than the last time I used it, because the spec has changed for the better, but it has changed. Uh, so my old example files don't even work anymore. But um, IndexedDB, the learning curve is just super high for IndexedDB. Uh, it's got tons of, this is going to sound sort of like ham-fisted as a comment, but there's just tons of different kinds of objects. They don't do what you expect they throw all sorts of weird kind of errors and and yes index db is supported by all major browsers but they all do it a little bit differently yeah it figures yeah so it's still so basically folks we're still on the extreme bleeding edge of index db it it works everywhere but there are um significant no i'm not going to say major differences between the platforms but there are enough significant little buggy differences that that it's painful. Yeah. On top of that, there was a bug reported and, and uh, I didn't personally reproduce it, but the code that the guy posted that he used to reproduce it seemed rock solid. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a bug in iOS eight. Is that ID thing? Yeah. That um, if you are providing keys, so in, uh, in, in, in IndexedDB, you provide keys, which are essentially your primary key. Um, if you provide keys that are the same between, or let's see, let's say you've got a database of people and a database of, 
I don't know, albums. <laughs> Let's just randomly pick two objects. Randomly pick two objects yeah. out of thin air. You get people in albums. And uh, there is a people record with the ID 123. And there's an album record with the ID 123. And you update album 123. It also updates the person record with the ID 123. With the data yep. from the album record, yeah. Yep. See, I was gonna pay. I was gonna say people and a list and a uh, table of their favorite after saves, but <laughs> I mean Old Spice is obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Is that bath- <laughs> bathroom polo? Is that uh, is that an after save or is that more of a? It's a sport. <laughs> what? It's a sport. I was trying to think bathroom of bathroom polo. I was trying to think of a pun on the word cologne. Oh, a, a, a geeky pun on the word cologne, but I just, I didn't. Oh no, I'm not quick enough. No semicolon. <laughs> semicolon. When you're writing code, <laughs> when you're writing the code for your after saves, you put a semicolon at the end of the line. <laughs> you're right over there. Oh, that was good. Uh, wow. Oh, I'm not going to recover from that anytime soon. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Index DB. <laughs> kind of works everywhere, but kind of sucks everywhere. Yes. So, what needs to happen is there needs to be some JavaScript written on top of it that smooths some, out all some these sort differences. Of abstraction yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> so that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.